All right, here we go. Welcome to this episode of Bevon. I'm Leonard, and I'm here with the guys from Green Cheek. <laughs> I have James Ryerson here and Brian Rosso. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Good, 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 good. good. Playing, playing catch up from the weekend. <laughs> Thanks for inviting us on. Yeah, well, appreciate excited it. to hang out and uh, talk beer and things related, uh, whatever that might be. Yeah, speaking of beer, let's get to this beer. <laughs> we're getting, it's a little warm here in uh, Southern California. Um, Thank I, God. I, yeah, right. Uh, don't, don't get too used to it. We're gonna start raining here a couple of days. No, we were just down in. Uh, we were when we were down in Miami, and it was yeah. warm. It was beautiful. It was uh, 70, 80 degrees. We had shorts on. It was amazing. Right. Came off the jetway here and froze my ass off. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. We had the the warmth and the humidity in Miami. Yeah. And oddly enough, we I landed in LA and I'm freezing. That's right. Absolutely correct. Yeah, it's just so funny. So, yeah, we you know we bitch when we, you know, we're in Southern California. We bitch either way. Raining cold, <laughs> not raining, you know, warm. So, uh, anyways, yeah. You two were enjoying Florida. I was in Seattle and it was real cold, but had a little bit of sun. So, it was nice. <laughs> Oh yeah, so exactly. we're, we're all we all got the same thing here. Yeah, so we got the same thing. We we gonna pop at the same times that we're doing. Yeah. yeah. So this is manuscript replica. It's a double dry hop West Coast double IPA from Green Cheek Beer Company. Let's pop this guy. Yeah, these uh these West Coast uh are just so damn good. Hmm. Yeah, this was yeah. a good batch. I really liked this one. Yeah. I'm gonna pour this in my official green cheek glass. Although I think I need to nice. upgrade. I think I need to upgrade uh, to like a, a tulip or a teku. Uh, you got the original there. Yeah, yeah the how, tekus are beautiful. Right. How old is this glass? I don't think you guys do this. That was, that was from the beginning. I think that was like one of the, the first glasses we yeah. ordered. I think you're right. I, I think, think that was the original glass. Yeah. Yeah. They they just... that, I tried to reorder that. They don't even make it anymore. It's been discontinued. <laughs> yeah. You got a collector's item there. I was just saying, I think you, so you guys were founded in 2017. I think, we, I think we were there for a lot of that first year stuff, including the, including the glassware. It's, and that's, uh, it's funny. It's, and Jenny's and, you know, does a great job. And he's, thank God he does it, but yeah, we, it's, you know, trying to keep up with this, uh, the, the things, the new glassware, the, you know, uh, and Evan loves it. I mean, Evan is a, uh, man, the glassware, it's like a drink. <laughs> Well, we released the uh, was a jet pilot the, or the, the TV drink last week, and we had to have a special glass, which looks amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, we love our merchandise too. It sort of uh, uh, shows what we are, who we are. Keeps me busy. He's been busy. So, yes, <laughs> All right, here we go. Here. Cheers, yeah. gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Mm. Wow. Okay. So, what happened? What, what happened to IBUs being a thing on cans? Do you remember back in the day they yeah. used to put IBUs on everything? I, I think that went away just because uh, people started consumers, especially. I think they started getting just IBU crazy. Like they wanted us. Uh, it has to be on or one hundred and ten, or right. It has to be because it's not really this unless it's that. So I, I know on our side we sort of straight we never really did it because we didn't want it to be uh like some sort of indicator of what the beer is going to be like i'm not going to try this beer because i only drink right it if it's this so um you know and i think it's like that like with even like people start dry hopping right you're like oh i have 20 pounds per barrel in this and it's not good unless right so 
I mean, we've all had beers that are, you know, uh, three pounds per barrel and perfectly fine. And we've had ones that are one, which are usually British beers uh, that are an IPA that, um, but anyways, yeah, I think the IBU thing went away and people still do it. We just, we just don't like doing it because we don't want to, you know, pigeonhole ourselves. Yeah. I remember, I think, I think, I, I think technically a hundred's the highest you can get, but I think people were trying to do the, I remember, I remember Stone's Ruination back in the day, yes. I think, which was, uh, which percent, which uh, professed to be like over a hundred IBUs. Yeah. A hundred and ten or whatever. It was some exact. And that's no problem. Like I said, it's a weird, like, you know, you know, you're going for this thing and why, why are you, uh, you know, and I get it. People, like I said, people love to know exactly what this is. And as a benchmark on our side, I don't know. It's more, we're more of, that's why it's funny. A lot of times we'll say our beers are ish, like yeah. cold ish <laughs> or IPA ish, just because, you know, it, is it not prescribing to exactly what that is? Like it has to be 60 IBUs or it's not a beer or this. So uh, that's, what's funny a lot of times. And that's why, you know, when we go to put beers in categories in World Beer Cup or uh, GABF is that we won't win because, you know, we don't, some of the beers where they're not to hundred percent style, right. But we'd rather our the, whatever we're doing with that uniqueness, have that instead of, um, you know, conform to this, you know, box. Yeah. And I think they're pretty strict with the, with the guidelines for the parameters of the beer styles. Oh Yeah. They'll throw it out right away. I mean, we've had that happen where you, you know, you put a beer and it's amazing, beautiful beer, but you know, you go to the first run and are like, yeah, that color's off a little bit. So, you know, well, that's because we wanted a little bit maltier or something and it didn't really meet that category. So, um, yeah, and I get it. There is those stringent guidelines as you're judging, you need them. But a lot of times like, wow, you just throw out a great beer, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, the brew to those all the time is kind of a pain in the butt to you know always brew for festivals and don't get me wrong we're about to put you know we're brewing for jbf coming up a real beer cup coming up um but yeah it's kind of funny is you just sort of laugh like dude that's not even close to style <laughs> like the cup <laughs> is not going to be you know in that category so uh it's kind of funny sometimes we'll pull the beers even even though we entered them into jbf because yeah, like then, it's great beer but it's just not going to be style and then you have all these wide styles and like, don't they have like an other category where it's yeah. just like kind of like a free for all. Oh, and then some of them you could, you could carry over strong pails and IPA. I mean, you could just go on a line of like your beers could be brewed with a certain thing, but you taste it like, yeah, this will make it in strong pale, but it isn't going to be an IPA. So, you know, you can, you know, go over to certain other categories when you're brewing for them. Yeah. I was telling people uh, it, it's odd, you know, green cheeks in Anaheim. I'm in Monterey park. You guys are about 30 minutes out. Uh, I had to go all the way to Miami to hang out with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the way it always is? Southern California. You know, I was laughing. I don't know. Lynn Weaver, I was out with her uh, over her place. We were, were brewing beer for the California or the CCBA Summit uh, beer with them. And oh, yeah. My, uh, them and with Wild Fields. But I was up, like I said, that's, I don't know, that's 45 minutes away. And I haven't seen Lynn you know, I think I was in, in Denver last time I saw her two years ago, yet we're good friends. And we, but yeah, it's just the way our lives are, you know, trying to run stuff and it's crazy. So tell me about what's going to happen at Beer Summit. I think it's in about three or four weeks. I'll be up there yeah. covering it. Well, I think um, it's uh, on our side. It's yeah. kind of funny. There's, a, there's, some, there's some things you want to see. I think it's about 
connecting again with other breweries and the state in general. So it's kind of fun to go up and, um, you know, uh, sort of reach back out to your, you know, people that you work with um, and are in your industry and find out what's going on. You know, a lot of times, you know, like you were saying, we, we sit in a bubble, you're just working all the time and you're, you're missing some of the key factors of what other breweries are doing, what they're looking for, and especially in California. There's so many uh, legal stuff and, you know, what are you doing this way? That What are you doing that way? You know, um, so it's fun for brewers to go up, uh, operations guys and my side, owners to go and talk to other people at figuring out what is uh, the new things going on. Because a lot of times we just get in our little bubble and just do your thing. So I think the summit is a great spot, um, especially up in Sacramento, uh, they have, I know Monday, they have the legislative day. They go yeah. in. Uh, I don't know if I want to do that because I'd probably tell somebody off. So <laughs> it's like, uh, sorry, because last year, what was it? We sued the governor for, uh, you know, opening. We we're trying to get the same privileges as wineries. Yes. So uh, in the middle of that one, I was like, uh, we're probably not too welcome up there right now. <laughs> you know, I think we actually had two different lawsuits with the with the governor in some form this last year. So I'm not too uh, I ain't going to that day. Your picture's on the wall somewhere. Your picture's on the wall somewhere, man. I'm just so, Tuesday. So what, so when we, then you're referring back to some of the COVID stuff that was going on and uh, what, what was it? You could serve beer if you had food for sale on and premises? Kind of a meal was the, the key yeah, word. Meal. It was, it was the definitions. And and that was the problem is like this, the, the wineries didn't have to. So it was like, well, if you're giving this privilege out to this group, which is the same thing as we were, they're producing a wine, we produce beer. Right. You know, I forget about distilled spirit because those guys get it screwed all the time. They they are so hard. Um, but on our side, sorry, fermented product, um, we should have the same rights as they did. And it was funny that you fought this thing and you went through all this sort of rigmarole. And the day that uh, they acquiesced on the day that we were back to allowed to be outside without regulation. So it's the typical, you know, yeah, no, we'll, we'll give in now because tomorrow it's not going to matter. So, um, so bottom line, yeah, the argument was more of if it's good for one, it should be good for us. Sure. Um, uh, at the end, they did give in, but after that, you know, we, we opened, closed, open, closed. Right. So uh, at the end though, it was, um, you know, the CCBA, we, the CC, we were basically, they needed somebody as a brewer to be in there to uh, show that there was cause of harm. Um, so we, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Please. I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> they don't like us anyways. And I don't want to, you know, they're getting all my money anyways in taxes. So let's go have some fun. So, so they have the big le legislation day. Do you see any changes legally that need to happen to support breweries in California? Are there any like pressing issues I think it's one of the ones they did give in last year is about getting more, and this only pertains to some, in our case, it does more uh, duplicate licenses. Like we're allowed to have before we're allowed to have, I think it's six locations um, and they gave, and I think we have a lot to have eight now. So that was one of the things we won last year. Um, this year, I think it's industry wide. It's kind of tough because I know everybody's fighting for different things. Right. We have the COVID rules that they're trying to make permanent, which is kind of tough. Right. So, you know, about packaging and about drive through about certain things. And I think if in, in outdoor patios is a good example is a lot of the, um, you know, the cities. It's about the cities now, the state 
ABC is sort of like, okay, until 2024, you can do these. It's up to the city. So um, basically they found out through this is that, you know, you could have patios on the, and not affect anything, right? It's not like crime didn't go up. We didn't have any more fights. It wasn't like, so if your landlord let you have the space, um, why not let the breweries have an outdoor space? Because us going forward, and I think that's why I'm fighting with so many sort of local districts, Costa Mesa, um, of keeping these outdoor patios, people still feel more comfortable outside than they do in. Yeah. So um, it's, you know, and after the pandemic and, uh, you know, 1918 with the Spanish flu, that was the same way. If you look at pictures from back then, it looked like you were in 2020 and 21 because they had the mask, everybody. It, so it's funny, this stuff, if you go back and read on what they did and how they reacted, it's exactly how we're reacting right now. It took you know, two years, three years to get past the masks for everything, yeah. um, congregations, things like that. So um, anyways, I think on the legislative side, they're always looking at different aspects of it. Um, they've been doing really good. CCBA, CCBA has been doing really good on um, advocating it, going out and getting in front of them. Um, and for all different groups, because people aren't going to need multiple locations, right? Um, but the privileges of being able to uh, serve your beer or sorry, package your beer in a certain way, uh, drive throughs like who? I mean, last two years, we've all had drive throughs Is that bothered anybody? Has any really does it changed any you're drinking more? No, it's just making it more convenient to do the thing. You were so great. I either have to park right there and walk inside and then or just drive through. So. Um, I think there's a lot of those things that they will keep uh, hammering on. I think the bigger thing is just small business in general. You know, they have to keep advocating because it's usually they advocate for the beer side. But and I'm a part of the uh, Chamber of Commerce here. And it's it's about the small businesses that, um, you know, because of what the thousand breweries that we have in California, you know, um, probably 98, 99 percent are small businesses. Um, so uh, it's trying to keep uh you know taxes regulations i mean god the things that we have to do every year is such a uh and, and the problem is you don't even know that you're doing it wrong because they've changed it multiple times and then it's like oh i didn't even know that so um anyways yeah there's a lot to unpack in that whole uh, answer but uh i think the uh the legislative side it's um just getting in there and us as a group going in and saying, hi, we're here. Um, you know, technically we're bigger than the wineries number wise. We do a large amount of business and, um, you know, take us serious. Cause I think really what it is. What about shipping out of state? Mm -mm. That's bootlegging. Mm -hmm. Unless you have interline agreements inside of those States and you have a distributor there. Right. So, and that's the tough side with us is that, you know, we ship out wholesale beer to uh, Arizona, but we have to have a, 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 a alcohol license there, a tax license there. And, you know, so we have to go through these things. Um, but, you know, that's why if you ship out the 50 states, oh, my God, the amount of support you would need uh, is insane. So on our side, um, J.D. does all the shipping. So uh, he did an amazing job in California. Um, I couldn't even imagine if we had to, because it's great because we get requests all the time. Like, hey, yeah. uh, Florida, Texas, like Christ, 
Okay. Internationally, but just this weekend I got 15 messages asking for 15 different states and another country. I'm like, hey, do you ship beer here? Do you ship beer here? Can you ship beer here? I'm like, I wish I could. I'm sorry. California only for beer. I can ship you merch. <laughs> you can get whatever sweater, shirt, glass you want. But yeah, it's it's a lot. And I think at some point, you know, we may look at another uh company because there's companies you can go with that, you know, do that for you. So you basically they you ship through them, you ship through their license, their distribution license. But you know, uh, by the time we would do that, our margins would be so low that you know it's hard to um, you know facilitate that and make it economical. Eh, just let the guys, the ISO guys, like you know, uh, <laughs> buy yeah. something, make twenty bucks on it because they ship across, right? Um, we see that a lot when it's like the UK. We have so many people in the UK that are getting our beers and you see it on their, you know, their posts. And uh, it's just funny. Um, and granted we've, you know, we go there a lot for our friends, breweries and festivals and um, things like that. Uh, between Ireland, uh, England, you know, Manchester. So we go to a lot of spots over in the UK um, and it's, you know, it's, it, it shows that why people buy our beers here and ship them over there and make a couple bucks. So let's go back to some, uh, let's go back to the history lesson for, yeah. uh, for this uh, interview. So tell us how Green Cheek started. I'm sure this is a story you told, told a hundred times, a thousand times. Right? Uh, I think you're going to tell it one more time. No, no worries. Yeah. It's uh, we basically started from um, I was working uh, as one of the owners of Noble Ale Works. Um, and I was uh, beginning, I was there, I was CFO and then I became the CEO. So I was um, sort of running Noble um, Evan came in as a brewer and um, changed the whole dynamic of that. You know, the program just exploded. And um, with that, by the end of my tenure and what I was doing, I'd given up multiple companies and I started, you know, I for just Noble. And then I wanted to do something uh, myself. So I left, um, you know, not sure what I want to do. I was looking at being a CFO of one of the a brewery around here and then a CEO of another one I had offers. And I didn't really want to go work for someone. Um, and then Valiant popped up right out of sort of nowhere. I knew Brian and Kelly, they were great. And, uh, you know, they had seek some advice about what to do, not even about buying or selling, but uh, it just popped up that, you know, he was sort of like, okay, I think I could be done with this. Um, and that's when, um, I sort of moved on that, uh, went to Ed and say, hey, dude, what are you doing? You know, I know you're you're out of here. You want to do something else. And um, we just came up with like, hey, let's, um, this might work for us. Uh, and it's funny, when I got Valiant, I only been here a few times before. Our Orange location was our first uh, spot. I remember passing it up twice off of Batavia because there's literally, it's the worst <laughs> driveway there's no turn lane right who who doesn't pass up this location because the damn sign was put up on the outside so uh it was so funny i bought the place and i kept passing it up as i'm like damn it brian you bought this place and you still can't actually that's the driveway right there so uh oh, that's pretty funny it was um it was us just saying you know uh, how can we do this better and um uh, Evan having his vision, I'm the business person, right? So it was truly a, a, a melding of art and business um, because uh, his mind is in a different spot than mine is. 
now what was great over that time frame though he's taught me so much and i think i've taught him a lot of things also so i'm better attuned with beers and tastes and flavors now than i've ever been and i think he is uh he is business and when he says something like business and i laugh i just like he's like i want the cost of goods sold on that are I'm like oh my god i <laughs> i just i'm gonna cry i'm gonna cry so uh it's been good. So I think our, uh, us, we, we came out to be um, a place where you can come hang out, have a beer, comfortable, like if our front porch in Old Town Orange. And, um, you know, it, it, you shouldn't feel intimidated. You shouldn't. Uh, that's, I think, one of the biggest things is a lot of people think like craft beer. Oh, my God, I don't know what. It's like, you know, what I tell our, 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 our three locations, I tell everybody in that taste room, Make them feel at home, right? I don't care if there's a line out the door. That one person in front of you right now is the only person you need to worry about, right? If they've never been to craft, hey, what do you like? You know, do you like do you like sour stuff? Do you like tart? Do you like bitter? You know, find out what they're doing and um, put them at ease right away. And I think that's what's sort of set us apart in the fact of, I mean, you can see JD's background. We're whimsically cartoonish in a way of uh we don't take ourselves serious um but we do take the beer serious so i think that was uh one of the thick keys on our side is as we grow it's always going to be about you know a great beer great atmosphere uh and people making you feel like you're sitting on the front porch of our place in old town orange uh hanging out having a conversation yeah absolutely and i think about the year one and year two the releases and the lines that we used to wait in um, the staff was always friendly and we would see you guys there, you know, ringing up and Evan ringing up sales and, yeah. and smiling and, and, and talking to, to the customers and, and really establishing these, these friendly relationships. Yeah. And so you would, Hey, I'm going to go back there. Cause I'm going to talk to, to the green cheek staff. So I definitely agree that, that the, the staff does have a, a, a great way of welcoming people in and saying, you know, in here, enjoy our beer, have a conversation, yeah. uh, meet, meet friendly people. Yeah, and I think that's, if we, we're, in my mind, we're, we can never stop that. We're no better. And that's what's weird about us, you know, having one location and two, now three, it's you try to get to these locations and people are like, I never see you anymore. I'm like, I try to get to, I'm at each one of them all the time. And I think it's like, you feel like, you know, uh, uh, you have a favorite child, right? You're like, but you're done at sunset more than you're here. I don't, you know, it's funny. It's like, dad, <laughs> love all of you. It's just, I can't be in all those spaces. So me and Evan try to keep ourselves at one of the spaces uh, every day or move around as much as we can. So the original location opened in 2017. And then you have the other two locations. And when, when did those two, the Costa Mesa and the, uh, and the Sunset yeah. Beach? <laughs> Yeah. was two months before COVID. January 2020. <laughs> it was the best. It was it was one of those things you're like, oh, this is amazing. We're going to get this thing. We got bought it out of bankruptcy. And that course was uh, or, uh, was uh, a oh, bottle of forage. Yeah. Right? So looking great. Got it going. We're like, great. We got open. And all of a sudden COVID hit. It was like, what the hell happened? So that one was a surprise. Um, and then sunset was what, six months, five months ago, September. Yeah. September, September. of, uh, 22. So that just opened up. 
I mean, it was nice about Costa Mesa was having that kitchen really oh, yeah. helped us out for COVID because we could, you know, keep ourselves going with that meal thing. We had a second brew house to package. Yeah. Huge. And that, that, that brewery came with a canning line and the key during COVID was we were doing a mobile canning at that point, right before that. And that canning line, you know, uh, literally saved us. We, we took market share because we were able to, you know, go from, you know, canning once every two weeks or every week, maybe to three times a week. A hundred percent packaging. Like it wasn't no kegs, no kegs were going out. So no. just right. hands. And that's, I think it was funny. It was actually funny. It was, it was humbling to be because, you know, taking that second location on and then you're sitting there thinking, um, okay, we're done. We, I just had to lay off half my staff. Um, how, we're, how are we going to sell beers, right? And JD, we had the uh, online store ramping up. So, but it was thinking like, like hell, we're in trouble. Um, and we started canning like crazy um, and just put it out to our, 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 our family, like this beer community. And uh, man, I've never been so humbled and uh, sort of teary-eyed. I came out, I know we, it was like the first week, we weren't sure what's happening. And we posted that we have a drive-through now in Orange. And that line was out to Batavia. It was probably 40, 50 cars. I remember. And well, it I remember. Like, it, was, it was nuts. My friend, it's a funny yeah. came up on their phone. They sent me a video the other day. They were going to stop by and come say hi and grab beers. But it was like a swim test release day. Yeah. And that line was 30, 40 cars deep on Batavia. You still had to come work your yeah. way into the drive-through. They're like, yeah, sorry. We'll see you later. And that's, I mean, I literally was walked out and I was standing in line just, you know, and it was our regulars and our friends and our like in line. And I was literally, I start crying. I'm like looking at this group thinking, you guys have just saved us. Um, you've kept a small guy going. And that's why we, I said that went there and now is like support who you want to be around later on, because, you know, we've seen these breweries come and go. And it's like, that's because, you know, great. They got busy the last two weeks. They were open. You, where were you before that? To help them with it and i get it if there's so many choices for beer and i always say that the new guys coming up just you know you have 50 other breweries in orange county to deal with you know you can only get to maybe two or three in a day you better be one of those on their mind because otherwise you're going to be in trouble so um that's why i keep saying make great beer and you know come into the market you know we'll we'll uh open arms right we'll all be waiting wishing you the best so um, and that's why like everywhere just came online, you know, guys from yeah. breweries, you know, those guys are awesome. Keith and those, I mean, they're all friends and we love them all. Um, and it's like, yes, you guys make great beers. You're two miles away from us. That's right. okay. Right. We'd rather, um, it's, it's, you know, you, you, if you make great beer, good. Community's even better. Yeah. I think, and you're geographically with the, at least with the orange location, you have, there's a, a perimeter of high oh. level breweries and it's, I know when I, I know when I do the tour around there, when I get out there, it's just yep. okay. I'm gonna go Green Cheek. I'm gonna go to Bottle Logic. Yep. I'm gonna go to Monkish now. I'm gonna yep. go to everywhere now. Yep. The breweries down the street. Radiance right there now. You guys were you guys are just in a hot spot of high quality beer. I mean, yes. it's, it's it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. And it's I feel sad for like some of the other locations that don't have you know, the concentration we have within 10 minutes, 15 minutes of driving, like you said, you can hit six, just not even just California badass or even Southern California badass. I mean, you're talking internationally badass. Oh yeah. Breweries that, oh, yeah. Um, like I said, that's why it's funny. 
Orange County always sort of becomes a step redhead stepchild when you get out of GABF or World Beer Cup. They always talk about San Francisco and San Diego or even LA. It's like, wait a second, guys. We just pulled, you know, 25 medals. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, it's a pretty good thing going on down here. So, um, yeah, we don't light ourselves on fire. We just like ask for it. So, yeah, uh, no, you guys are in a region where, and I tell people who are new or or to craft brewery, uh, brewing, this is the spot. This is the hot spot. I mean, even LA, I mean, it is the hot spot locally for Orange County uh, and LA County. That if you go, if you're going to go there, then you got to go there. Yeah. 10 more minutes, you can go here. Yeah. Everyone's packing everything to go now in cans. You can just yeah. do a big, clean sweep of, and you're right. I mean, yeah. worldwide hot beer that's not never going to disappoint. No, a hundred percent. And that's what's fun when, you know, uh, going to these different festivals like up Cloudwater in Manchester, uh, Roosters over in uh, Nagersburg or York. Um, you know, you go to these different festivals and hang out with these brewers and you see all like you know, all the other breweries around you, like, you know, you'll see, well, modern times used to be, but, uh, you know, you'd see these other ones, uh, the brewery for sure. You'd see these just, you know, North Park, you'd see all these and it's cool. You're so represented in even outside of the country. Right. So it's even like New York. Great. You, we do the other half. You know, we were just back uh, down at Wakefield. Um, mm-hmm. But it's cool when you go internationally and you see like the dude you hang around with every day in this Southern California ish uh, area. So given the proximity to, you know, the, the world-class breweries in your area, I was really kind of shocked to see that Haparazzi didn't do as well as they should have done. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you remember Haparazzi, yeah. which was yeah. the Lisa. spot. Yeah. And, and they're literally, literally across the street from Bada Logic. Yep. And they were producing I thought of uh, high level sours. Probably they probably produced one of the best sours I think I've ever had. It was a it was a uh, it was a cherry chipotle sour yeah. um, that they put out, and they're putting out high level beers. But and they're right next door to Bottle yeah. Logic. But I'm not, I'm not quite sure why they weren't able to uh, to be as successful as uh, as some of the other breweries around. I think it's like everything else that uh, you have to monetize stuff. Right. That's the whole thing, I think, with a lot of the, the yin and yang of almost any industry. You think about any just art in general. Right. Um, you might make the best food, best, you know, best art, best whatever. But if you can't figure out how to make money off of that, you know, you're only going to last as long as the bank account that you started with. And um, so I think that's a lot of the problems a lot of times that, you know, um, people are always hyper-focused on one side of a business and then the other one isn't there. And then for you, before you know it, it's, you know, you're behind so bad. And I think that's what happens to like, you know, even the modern times, right. Um, Figaro mountain, right. Um, they were the badass, right. They were, you, you just looked at them pre to the, some of the stuff you're thinking they're the model that everybody wants to do. You know, they were from you know, modern times from what Seattle down to, you know, LA, they were all over the place. But once again, you get over your skis before you know it. You have too much money out. You're trying to, you know, you're 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 trying to service debt. Yeah. You're not making enough money. Now you have too many employees. You have too many benefits. And then all of a sudden, now what? Right. So um, I think in general, a lot of breweries, um, you're just like, wow, they're amazing. And then it's you when you look at them, you're like, there's a tragic flaw here, because if you can't 
you know, you're selling that too low or you don't have enough of that or your environment's not right or you don't have any food. So um, like I said, my job uh, in the boarding side is always trying to figure that stuff out um, so we can stay ahead of the game. And, you know, when we're looking at new locations, what that location is, what's going to cost us, who's around that area. Um, so a lot of the boarding stuff that, you know, is the business side of the beer um, it is important. And a lot of times I think people start don't think about that side enough. Um, now, don't get me wrong. You should be thinking about the beer. And I always say, if you're starting a brewery, go steal the best brewer you can. Be, or if you're not, you're like, you're a great brewer, that's great. But also find somebody that's been a production brewer because there's a big difference between home brewing and production brewing. Um, it's a huge difference. So, uh, but yeah, go ahead and steal the best one you can. Yeah, it's not, and it's not, it goes beyond great product, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's the story. It, it, you have to have someone with your skill set to complement someone that's putting out a great product. You can't do one without the other. So yeah. that's why you and Evan work so well together. It, yeah. You guys complementary skill sets. Yeah, and it's and it's funny. And don't, we also fought, know there's breweries out there that don't make really good beer, but they have a great location and they're frowned all the time because right? There's nothing else around. And like, you know, that's why you go there. You're laughing like this place is crushing it, which is good for them. But also, you know, you're looking at them like you could probably do an off flavor beer class in here and hit probably four out of the, you know, seven or eight that you need to do. Um, and like I said, it's not being mean, but um, they're doing better than breweries that are just making amazing beers um, because they picked their business plan. Um, didn't really concern about being the best beer ever made. Yeah. So. And you bring, you bring up a good point. I think that, and there are a lot of breweries, although I, I think we're seeing a trend of kind of the, I, I saw an article, my brother and I have been talking about it, kind of like a downsizing of the craft uh, brewing yeah. industry. Uh, but I think it, it, you mentioned it. There's a big difference between someone pulling, uh, putting out high quality beer and someone that's putting out just kind of mediocre or average tasting beer. And you, you know, we all go to those breweries where yeah. you're like, I'm tasting this. It's okay, but yeah. it's not stellar. Yeah. And when you go to like a green cheek and, you know, of course we've been going there now for six years, almost yeah. um, you, you're constantly, okay, this is coming out. I got to go grab this. Oh, they're going to drop uh, the other Brian. I better go pick that up yeah. now. That's going to go back to one of my biggest complaints about you guys. Again, I really only have one complaint. <laughs> why the heck? And I think I, I, Brian, I think I told you this back in Miami. Why can't you put out a Cocoa Hut year round? I uh, want that beer available. <laughs> year. It's probably one of my That's the best. top, top yeah. five, top 10 beers of all time. Put out Cocoa Hut year round. I demand <laughs> it. That The people demand it. It's funny. I think we turned it. We said, I think I might have said it down in Miami was, we tend to be uh, uh, we have so many beers that we want to either do or get back to that. Like if we would put that as a core beer and say Radiant Beauty, say Swim Test, say Other Brian, like you got a list, then you don't have a room for any beers because you'd be brewing those all the time. You only have so much tank time and space. So, right. And I get it. The cores um, are, would be great, but once again, the model that's I think it's 90% or 95% of other breweries model to um, but isn't that anticipation just as like if you saw that go on sale, you're like, shit, I'm getting over there now because I don't know if they have a hundred cases or four hundred cases. 
This yeah. might be gone and I might not see it again for three months. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> because if it was available, if it was available year round, I drink it year round, but you're right. I, you know, I go, I think back in the days and, you know, probably pre COVID time, where you guys would do the Instagram drop, Cocoa Hut. Yep. And, I, and I'd be texting all my buddies. Uh oh. And you get, this was back in the day where you guys had limits on stuff. I don't know if you guys, yep. I don't think you guys do limits on no. too much stuff. I don't anymore. know. And it would be limit four, four packs. And then yeah. you would get there, there's a line and everybody's rushing to get down there. I remember I was like in a, in a, in a conference in San Diego. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave the conference a little bit early because I got to get over there. Um, so you, you're, you're, I mean, I think you're right in that we see, stuff that's limited release or released uh just periodically over the year i think i think coco hut's just like an annual release so at this point i, I don't I think you get it out about, yeah about once a year i think is the yeah. once maybe twice yeah. uh, when there's like a variant of it will be yeah. twice and <laughs> the other the, the other aspect of that is it's the way it's made because right it's it's toasted coconut right it's not it's so it's you're basically steeping it's it's in bags it's not extract it's not it's not an easy fast beer in you know so that's i think the other problem and that's which problem on our side it's we only know how to make it one way yeah and it's we if we had to try to make that all the time the amount of coconut we would need just in the bags <laughs> of coconut are insane so you know that's why we it's kind of funny one of the uh favorites people like is the lavender lemonade right yeah. it's gone crazy in our thing but the problem i mean we have to make it we have the guys are in the cold box with the French lavender petals, so we had to get them from France. They're in there with what three or four, four, with four now, four sitting there with a cold, their jackets on inside processing this stuff for hours. You know what I mean? So, the way we do things where someone else would just put extract and like, yep, yeah, just throw extract in, it's fine. Um, that's why on our side, it's I think that's why we it's always going to be harder for us to scale up on the massive side because we don't know how to do um you know the the sort of generic throw that in there throw that in there and that's done kind of a thing so because we do you know take so much longer to uh to get it done and we won't skimp you know and that's why I said it comes down to the same thing we've you know this year yeah so far even what two months in we've already had a dump two or two beers right so maybe I think three because they just don't meet the standard and you know would we put it at no, if we, we if we look at that beer and you know I'd rather dump it um, than I would put it out in the thing where a lot of places don't do that or can't do that. Um, but once again, that's why if you come to our tasting room, you you'll out of ten beers you'll get probably eight that you really like or you know. Um, so whereas a lot of times you go to tasting rooms, you'll go and you're like, man, if you get three or four out of the ten, you're thinking you're you're happy. So um, yeah, I think I think like I said, the coke hut side. Um, I would love to do it because it's easier to plan the business side of it. But, you know, if you don't have the right ingredients, you don't have the, you know, um, the, you know, what do you want to do next? Like I said, we have the jet pilot just rolled through. Um, we have sangria, we have, you know, wine products where, so it's kind of a fun, um, you know, we're turning into more of a beverage company because we want to um, try a bunch of different things, especially collabing with some people that, you know, uh, don't uh, that do something amazing and you can only get this time for it. So, right. They're coming through, right. Let's, let's hit them up. So, yeah. 
So, so what I'm hearing is that no year-round, no year-round cocoa hats. What I'm hearing, I would probably <laughs> not. That's a, that's a, that was a very long answer for uh, uh, no. Long, <laughs> no. Let me go to short of that is probably no. So let's just do, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up in the conference meeting, right? Um, we'll see how that goes. Though I don't think that one's going to pass. Uh, but anyways, yeah. You'll, we'll, We'll get it more than once a year. I can, let me promise that one. We'll okay, it good. Here. It's one of those beers where, you know, I'll, I'll I'll talk to someone who's who's doing new to craft beer, and it's one of those beers that I give out, and you got to try this, got to yeah. try it. Uh, the, the shelf life on it is actually surprisingly long. Yeah. Um. So I try to hang on the cans for that as long as I can. Um, but it's one of those beers where I, I give out, and people are just like, wow. That's yeah, yeah. that is really like an amazing beer for even people who aren't traditional uh, beer fans. They'll have that beer, and there's just something special about it. It's 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 made with care yeah. uh, and passion, obviously. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, I think you said you, you have a batch sitting right now. No, we have one. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's actually it's on the shelf now. JD, you probably tell you how long, much longer it's going to be on the shelf, but uh, it's coming up. We we haven't packaged it just yet, but okay. And it's is this going to be the, the standard uh, Cocoa Hut, or is it going to be a variant? I think it's the standard. I think I'm it's standard. The brewing, but I think it's standard. Yeah, I think it's the standard I, version. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate all of them, but I, I got to say that original Cocoa Hut probably yeah. is still my best, uh, my favorite version of it. So um, I'll be waiting for the Instagram. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for I think that I think um, the original version, and like I said, it, it's so intensive because I can just, uh, it's funny, you can tell what's happening. As you come in, you can either smell the coconut, right? Because it's like you have, you know, oh yeah, seven hundred pounds of it, or the lavender. Like, yep, I know I, we're doing lavender day, right? Yep. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it's but it it is definitely intense. It's way more expensive than most people do because, like I said, it's easier to just throw an extract in or do something generic as opposed to you know, criminy, you know, <laughs> you know, bags this big. being steeped in this you know and then keeping it on and seeing where it's at and you know uh over days of it you know it being um you know brought into the beer so uh and then you don't want it too intense and then you know so anyways yeah it's uh it's not as easy as people it could be as easy as people think if they were just brewing like a normal you know production brewery which we're not right where we brew for um our locations um, and our uh, cans, right? We we look at just uh, taking care of um, uh, our our customers one at a time. So yeah. So do you have brewing capabilities at the three sites? Two, Costa Mesa and Orange. And so when you do when you do um, a batch at a site, is the intent to release it at all three of the sites? Yes. Okay. So, yes. that co- so that cocoa hut will be for the, that one batch will be for all three of the sites. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We, have the, we saw the mobile canning with our own mobile canning. We basically van back and forth each location. So it's fun for the, the guys to plan the packaging schedule, but yeah, they'll move it sometimes three times a week to get yeah. the beers done by Friday. So we were talking about uh, anniversary. Any, any plans on doing like an anniversary party? It's funny. We always say this um, in, in in working with Noble, right? When the years that we did that thing, um, you know, Dosen has field, right? Field trip. I think it's field trip. Um, right. It's 
they're all great, but the on our side is we go to so many festivals, right? Um, and the great ones, right? Um, other half, you know, you have Firestone Walker, you know, these different ones that we've done throughout the year have been, you know, burial, burn pile. Um, that if we do it, we we would in, want to invite our friends, like you'd, you'd have a full festival. So like when we went to, you know, Wakefest, um, we couldn't do, like we'd rather just have release beers, make a special beer, a dollar beer for like all the little you know, customers, friends, and just have it spread out over a weekend or a week um, and hang out as opposed to a party. Because if you have like, and I think that's what you're talking about is a festival, like a party where you'd sell tickets to and all that. We want to do that eventually, but if we do it, we, you know, we want to invite, you know, other half, burial, you know, uh, you know, uh, roosters from the UK breweries, the, you know, uh, Irish breweries, Japan, you know. So the problem is, you know, uh, Balter, like you would have the coordination of that would be its own business, right? Because you'd, you'd be coordinating, you know, 60 breweries coming in from around the world you'd have to get them rooms you'd have to get that whole thing set up so not to mention space for the festival space for the yeah, exactly <laughs> right where would you have it i mean that's the other yeah. thing like, you know you do have it like uh you know out like uh brouhaha does out in the field so anyways we want to do that but i mean we're growing three locations we have 80 plus employees 85 employees right this to take that on we need to bring in a team by itself in right. the it's a lot of money. You'd you'd probably end up putting a half million dollars into just having the festival. So uh, the short of it is, it sounds like a great idea, but we just don't want to half-ass it. You know, right. put something out for for the uh, consumer side of it. I just buy a ticket and I show up. But for your, your side, right. of it, there's a lot that goes into it. <laughs> it's not that easy uh, on on your end. No. no. It would be um, more JD too. I'd just push that stuff to him. Right, like, yeah, no, that's that's all my job. I was like, please don't do that to me. No, give me a team, I'll do it. That's fine. JD is Linda, baby. It would hate. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, the right team would be like, yeah, that's not <laughs> funny, man. You're gonna bring somebody in as a party coordinator. Yeah. So you guys did an NA beer um, recently. Was is that your first NA beer? Yeah, that was. Yeah. And so was that just for dry January to kind of test the water? It's a market that seems to be expanding now. Yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. like came up. It started as a conversation, I think, last January. We're like, we should try it. And then it took a year to do. But yeah, it, it worked out. And it actually was very well received. Like, yeah, it got a lot of Instagram messages and reposts. And just people were pretty stoked on it. I was surprised it, it went as fast as it did for an N.A., it's uh, yeah, it's a funny thing. Like any beers, uh, I don't know. I have a lot of uh, uh, analogies <laughs> I use, but I'm not going to put it on in this one. But uh, like decaf coffee, like do you want? Like I don't know. It's, yeah, it's like, like, coffee without the decaf. I want the caffeine in it, right? That's I have coffee for a reason. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's not. I think it's always going to be around. It's um, there's a market for it. It was well received. Yeah. Um, I just don't on my, my own personal side, it was really good. But once again, if this is a hazy or a West coast, non-alcoholic beer, you taste it without the, a lot of times. And it sounds bad. There's, there's, there's something missing. Right. And it, it's like, I don't know if it's the body sometimes or the profile or, um, you know, some of them are terrible. 
um, some really good ones. Um, but on my side, I just, uh, ours was really good and there's a market for it. So it's hard to say, uh, I would never do it or I don't like them or what, because that's someone's preferences. They like yeah. it. They yeah, want it. Yeah. They want to drink beer without the alcohol side, which I get, um, mm -hmm. on my side, I like the beer. So, uh, I'm always more of like, you know, they give me one and, you know, we'll, we, I don't know, we tested, I think six or seven of them next to each other. And I'm like, I don't know. They're all okay. I mean, but there's a West Coast right there on the tap behind me. That's amazing. <laughs> I think I'll have that one. So, so if, you, if you did a side to side with an NA and a regular beer, is there a different, is there a huge difference in, in the body and the taste and the uh, yeah, appearance? I mean, you're going to know the difference. Like, yeah, I, it's just it's the body's not quite there like the flavor is great like i was really impressed with the flavor that yeah it's got out of that one but yeah you're gonna feel it you feel the body it's different it just feels a little bit lighter than it yeah usually would but again like it, it was very well received like i had people messaging us thanking yeah. us for making it they're like oh i've stopped drinking and i'm just so excited like yeah. you guys are on this na train that's so cool like i love your brewery and I, i've missed your beers and this is awesome so i'm like cool okay maybe this is something we should look into again maybe some more styles of it is this like is this like the equivalent of like a nicotine patch or uh if, uh, maybe. if i'm uh, transitioning <laughs> yeah. i truly think it is in a way that, put it. <laughs> i mean i like i said is it something that um you know because there's bravos there's a bunch out there they're doing really well with it and you know that's all they do and right um but once again on our side um it's we'll keep to excuse me we'll keep doing it as a because there's a demand for it and mm -hmm. we try to want to make it better like evan's always about like oh this was really good but maybe this this time we can you know we can learn from that and make it better and better because ideally i'd love it to be uh i'd love it to be where you just taste it side by side and you couldn't tell the difference right that would be the most amazing uh thing now i i think i would know pretty much because there's like i said to me there's a, a body and a structure to the higher alcohol side that you can't get from a uh, something that doesn't have that ingredient in it. Yeah, it's a chem so. it's a chemistry. It, it also means the chemistry thing, right? Yes, exactly right. Um is this so that was that just a a a offering for this time frame or is this something you're going to offer it uh, year round? I mean, I don't know. I think it started as that, but I think it's something we could probably keep developing and have either all the time or a couple times a year. I know sober October is a thing too. So maybe yeah. you try it again in the fall and it works out. We keep going with it, but that's these guys' decision. So, <laughs> well, it's wild. And I don't think that we didn't really have a dry January because we were busier no. this January than we've. I mean, it's amazing. I'm like, I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> I don't know. COVID was in this weird like mindset that, like, I'm drinking. So it was Humor. a funny thing Humor. that we're like, we thought it was going to be, you know, totally dead. And, and this isn't just us. I mean, I've talked to birds when I was down in Miami, same exact way. So I think in general, I think people were like, you know what, we're making up for time in COVID. So we'll yeah. keep drinking. We think yeah. about it. There wasn't a, a January. So we had since 2020, there was no Januaries that anyone really could go do anything. This was the yeah. first free January everyone had. And uh, they, they used it. <laughs> So speaking of trends in, in dry January and the NA beers are trending right now, what about hop water? I, I was at uh, San Francisco Beer Week uh, this past weekend, yeah. and I tried hop water for the first time by field work, 
and was actually kind of surprised at how good it was. It's, it yeah. was a weird. It was a weird thing. Are you, any any looking into any doing any oh. hop water? Yeah, it's I, funny. I, it's, I, mean, I don't know. I I was just uh, I was talking to sorry. Uh, I I think hop water in general is a thing. Um, it's also um, what you can do with it. It's about the hops you have also, because a lot of times people may do it with hops that they don't think, you know, it, they don't, I'm not going to put it in a beer, but I'll make some hop water with it. Right. And that's just like the counterintuitive because the good hops are what's going to make that thing even better. So if you have a great citra or motueka or mosaic, whatever, and you, you know, you only use it for your ops, but not the hot water. So I think hot water, just like we did the Topo Chiki, I think there's a room for a lot of these other um, things. I think hot water um, is something that can be, um, you know, done well. And um, I think we'll, we'll, we're probably going to try it because I think what happens is Evan hears somebody, tastes it, and he's like, <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I can do that even better, right? So uh, I think that's, yeah, I think that is going to be a, a trend um, coming up. Because um, like you said, it's, you know, it's water and, you know, if you have a good hop so you know how to, you know, uh, produce it right, sure, right? Weather warms up. Yeah. I like hot yeah. water, I have a problem with it, but yeah. And, and, I, and, and I can't drink water. that, I can't drink that on the job too. That's the other thing. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. It's like uh, you're, you're a real hop head if you're really, you know, even my water has to be hops. Yeah, right? that's pretty I think I, I kind of like that. What are you drinking over there uh, uh, during lunchtime? Uh, yeah, it's hop water. Hop water. You can't drink that <laughs> on the job. Oh, you know, I can. Well, I'm allowed to. And yeah. a beer. <laughs> a beer, hop water, right? Uh, well, the problem is a lot of hops, you like, they start smelling like weed. What were you doing? now for the na beers i mean they still have a certain level of alcohol though right they're not, zero, zero. they're not they're zero not zero five and under yeah there's a little bit it came to 0.3 percent was what ours set out at and is there yeah. a, is there like a threshold like five so if five, you're at 0.5 or less you can call it an na beer yeah. anything above that then it's yep. technically uh I don't think I want to test that at work, my day job. No, going to put that. close enough. Yeah, there's a, there's a case somewhere for. <laughs> oh, that, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, I'm I'm drinking an NA NA beer. You can't uh, can't dismiss me from work <laughs> for my job. Yeah, right. and I love it if it's like, well, it's still uh, you know, it's still actually fermenting in the can. So sorry, <laughs> uh, you're actually at a three point five. It's like, whoa. So it's yeah, a problem. But yeah, point five. Uh, in under is, and that's why I said, I think that's why people try to get it closer to the 0.5 because it does create a bit more body or at least something, mm. you know, gives you more of a, uh, an, a backbone or, uh, you know, something that's, uh, has more body to it. So what's, as we wrap up, what's the next event we can see green cheek at? Oh God, what are we doing next? Next is field trip fest. I'll be, I'll be oh, yeah. what, two weeks, three weeks from now, two weeks. I think it's the 11th. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. Or in who knows what yet, but <laughs> well, build it. Now we this weekend we're at um, Three Weavers is having their light fest, but oh, yeah, that's this. Oh, shoot, I think yeah. they just have. Uh, I think they just have a six to of ours or a couple cases. Uh, we're gonna we're sending guava in Berlin. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sending and that Thursday. 
<laughs> that's like everything's under five percent, or what is the? Uh... That's the yeah. They wanted to keep it five yeah. percent under celebration of light beer. Yeah, so be a good day. Yeah, yeah that's I, mean, I love light fests. Minus I, the rain, uh, it'll be a good day. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, McKellar had a great one. I love these light fests that are coming up. That um, you oh, know, Lagerville, that's Lagerville, another good one. Yeah, um, fun one. But I think, yeah, like, so the next one is, I think it's, uh, like I said, this weekend, three waivers and then docent, but then, you know, Firestone's coming up, which is an awesome yeah. one. You know, it's like, we were just, me and Evan were just going through our list and we were laughing. I'm like, looking at this stupid thing. And <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, Green City, Firestone, Roosters, Fig Mountain, we're, we're like yeah. World Beer Cup, Summit. Uh, Evan's going to New Zealand next week for hop, uh, hop selection. Uh, you know, GAB of Burial Charlotte, you know, I'm just laughing. I'm like, uh, dude, I don't know. Are you going to all these? Uh, we better start cloning ourselves like multiplicity and dragging ourselves after these things. If You'll be seeing me at events if you go. If you need an ambassador, uh, <laughs> I will be more than happy to volunteer for that uh, honorary ambassador to Green Cheek. <laughs> That's like this crew. JD's probably thinking the same. Like, okay, what? Which one of these am I? Do I get? How to many? Make? How many am I going to? Who yeah. can I send to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do I want there to do? Go. Okay. <laughs> and that's like we did with uh, you know with. Uh, uh, down in miami you know well or we were just thinking bring our crew in like we, we brought three of our crew and that's what we oh, try yeah. to be doing is you know we're rewarding people come on out this is what we do um they get a kick out of it it's fun you get to meet your peers so it's kind of fun that way yeah you guys had a big posse out there i, really, yeah, I was it. like wait a second yeah i see all the yeah. green cheek all the green cheek uh logos everywhere <laughs> and so i was yeah. kind of hanging out with you guys at, at the at the tail end of that yeah, it was everyone, my family. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone was super nice. Oh my gosh, you know, you guys are put, not only producing good beer, but like are good people. And so it's always nice to go out to the festivals yeah. and, and just Let's interact with people. <laughs> and it's fun. It's, I think that's what we always say is that on our side is it's uh, the people you work with. You know, I, I think that's what the biggest thing on our side is um, everyone in our crew. Um, we have a sort of ethos. And if you can't get into that ethos, we get it. Right. But when you're in there and, you know, we all meld together, it's you, you can hang out um, at work or not and still really, uh, you know, get along and have fun. Yeah. And on that note, I want to thank both of you for joining us on this uh, episode of Bevon. Uh, I'm Leonard and I was joined by James and Brian. Thank you so much for joining me. That's great. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Cheers. Cheers.